suggested he rest. He spent the third day in bed. On day four, Viola decided enough was enough and cut the vacation short. Back home in Louisiana, Robert seemed to improve. His disorientation faded, and he stopped saying strange things. His wife and children, however, were still worried. Robert was lethargic and refused to leave the house unless prodded. Viola had expected him to rush into the office upon their return. But after four days, he hadn't so much as checked in with his secretary. When Viola reminded him that deer hunting season was approaching and he'd need to get a license, Robert said he thought he'd skip it this year. She phoned a doctor. Soon, they were driving to the Oshner Clinic in New Orleans. The chief of neurology, Dr. Richard Strube, put Robert through a battery of tests. Vital signs were normal. Blood work showed nothing unusual. No indication of infection, diabetes, heart attack, or stroke. Robert demonstrated understanding of that day's newspaper and could clearly recall his childhood. He could interpret a short story. The revised Wexler Adult Intelligence Scale showed a normal IQ. Can you describe your business to me? Dr. Strube asked. Robert explained how his company was organized and the details of a few contracts they had recently won. Your wife says you're behaving differently, Dr. Strube said. Yeah, Robert replied. I don't seem to have as much get-up-and-go as I used to. It didn't seem to bother him, Dr. Strube later told me. He told me about the personality changes very matter-of-fact, like he was describing the weather. Except for the sudden apathy, Dr. Strube couldn't find evidence of illness or injury. He suggested to Viola they wait a few weeks to see if Robert's disposition improved. When they returned a month later, however, there had been no change. Robert wasn't interested in seeing old friends, his wife said. He didn't read anymore. Previously, it had been infuriating to watch television with him because he would flip from channel to channel, looking for a more exciting show. Now, he just stared at the screen, indifferent to what was on. She had finally convinced him to go into the office but his secretary said he spent hours at his desk gazing into space. Are you unhappy or depressed? Dr. Strube asked. No, Robert said. I feel good. Can you tell me how you spent yesterday? Robert described a day of watching television. You know, your wife tells me your employees are concerned because they don't see you around the office much, said Dr. Strube. I guess I'm more interested in other things now, Robert replied. Like what? Oh, I don't know, Robert said, and then went silent and stared at the wall. Dr. Strube prescribed various medications, drugs to combat hormonal imbalances and attention disorders, but none seemed to make a difference. People suffering from depression will say they are unhappy, and describe hopeless thoughts. Robert, however, said he was satisfied with life. He admitted his personality change was odd, 
but it didn't upset him. Dr. Strube administered an MRI, which allowed him to collect images from inside Robert's cranium. Deep inside his skull, near the center of Robert's head, he saw a small shadow, evidence that burst vessels had caused a tiny amount of blood to pool temporarily inside a part of Robert's brain known as the striatum. Such injuries, in rare cases, can cause brain damage or mood swings. But except for the listlessness, there was little in Robert's behavior to suggest that he was suffering any neurological disability. A year later, Dr. Strube submitted an article to the Archives of Neurology. Robert's behavior change was characterized by apathy and lack of motivation, he wrote. He has given up his hobbies and fails to make timely decisions.